0: a little life out here. what the hell's going on out here it's a lot of fun keep it fun
1: hello everybody welcome to the uk packers podcast as usual i'm your host at Steve diddy nfl on twitter and of course follow the group at uk packers and of at it hedgehog peter jones in the studio and peter we're lounging back it's a Packers win.
0: Life is great. It's fantastic. It was indeed fun, fantastic Friday, Steve.
1: And do you know what? The the purest... And I know you, you love a bit of liberation and we're going to have to TM that and copyright it, right? And I know that you're an old school dude at heart. The scoreline, Pete, could not have been more Lombardi or really Curly Lambeau-esque. Although Lombardi did rip off a score like that in his in his game against the Bears when he took over. But this is real Curly Lambeau stuff. We're bringing it back uh, to the old school here, buddy, aren't we?
0: You almost can't beat 10-3, Steve. If it, if yeah. it, if it had been 3 to nothing, I would probably <laughs> have been, happ- been happier. But that, yeah, yeah. That, that would have been my 1930s hat, probably 1920s hat on there. But yes, no, it was um, a good old black and blue defensive battle. And um, yeah, very, 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 very enjoyable, even if it was somewhat of a ugly offensive game I would say
1: yeah I mean there's plenty of talking points and there's loads that we can sort of moan about and there's loads that we can be positive about and I guess we're going to be doing both in equal measure um, but what I would say is is I mean can we have a score that's a 2-0 can we have just a safety you know can that happen is that, Well, I wonder when the last time that was that happened we should have researched that uh, coming into the podcast but look um, Overall, my comments to this is is that when you win a game, when you can only score one touchdown on a field goal, uh, you're doing pretty well. Your defense is keeping you in it. Uh, people should not forget that Peyton Manning won his last Super Bowl and rode off into the sunset with arseless chaps um, as a Bronco uh, and his defense propped him up. In fact, he was benched. That season for Brock Osweiler, and it sort of flip flopped between them, right? A Hall of Famer. Yes, um. Yep. So I mean, defense does win championships, and that that's just the bottom line. If your defense can stop the other lads from scoring, you can just limp over the line, which is exactly, um, what we did. What are your sort of overarching takeaways from the game then?
0: I, I guess I guess the biggest takeaway, Steve, was that the the game went close to the way that we thought it might when mm. we were doing the. Um, the um preview pod um quick snaps last last wednesday or thursday yes the quick snaps and i think it was very much we we felt that the offence would struggle early um for a couple for a couple of reasons one you know brand new offence brand new coaching staff etc and then of course um you know rogers didn't play in the preseason and we thought that that there would be some struggles there and you know the offence Clearly did, did struggle early, but we thought that the defence would be, would be good, would be strong. And I think that the overarching takeaway for both of those was that probably the offence struggled even more than we expected. yeah, And the defence was probably stronger more quickly than we expected. Than we expected
1: yeah exactly that I mean what I would say about the game too is is that I know we're getting carried away with the defense and I, I had to change my pants about four times during the game and that was just uh, caused by Preston and Z Smith which were absolutely fantastic on the night Um I thought they were busy they were aggressive and at the same time you look at the stats and you see Robinson getting over 100 yards you know so I mean they still did let receivers um, get some room but no real play stands out to me like a busted coverage, does it?
0: No, and it's one of those interesting games where if you were just to go and look at the the, the box score, you know, and the, and the Bears had I think like forty more yards of offense than the Packers had, and that type of thing, you look at that and you think that doesn't feel like it reflected the game that I watched. Yeah. Um. Well, whilst you know you accepted the Packers' offense did 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 struggle, you you never felt like. The Bears' defense was playing stronger than the, the Packers' defense, um, and, and you never, bar one or two instances. I mean, to be honest, the Bears never looked like they were going to score a touchdown. Mm. I think I think there was just the one instance on the throw to Alan Robinson where Tremont Williams pushed him out of bounds yeah. before he got his second foot down right near the goal line, which was fantastic, a fantastic player, play. Yeah, veteran play. Um, other than that, you know, the Bears never really threatened that the. the the, the Packers goal line
1: and what I would say is a caveat too right is that I remember um, I'm not even going to try to come up with a year but it was the year Johnny Jolly came back to town right he put the codeine down and I think his other sort of transgressions and he was a a really amiable nice guy and he was playing fantastic on defence super run stuffer And I remember we started off the season and through about six games we were one of the top run stuff and defenses in the NFL. And then the wheels came off. And that was because when we looked at the season as a whole and in hindsight is that we went up against running backs that were the second or third string running back. And I believe we were meant to come up against like a number one guy. Um, And then he ends up getting injured or getting you know he gets an odd case of the diarrheas before um so he he gets a he gets an upset stomach before the game probably um you know the thoughts are coming up against their defense and he can't play and so it's only that after we look back and go oh yeah well of course that's why we were the top defense so for me our offense was up against an absolutely ridiculous pass rush we barely got time to do anything they blew up all of the coverage we had two tight end sets not in to do what tight ends do and sort of roam the field and pull defenders away it was literally to try block at one stage we had Jimmy Graham uh, coming up against Khalil Mack which as you can imagine did not go well so um, (laughs) it basically got flattened like a pancake so the thing is is that I I feel that the offense they struggled but it's not always going to be so bad obviously it's teething problems but we come up against a stellar defense conversely the defence did fantastic but the boo birds were out for the Bears which was just a fantastic sound and I said it on the on the UK Packers uh, Twitter account on the night uh, into the wee hours I should say there's beautiful, uh, you know, hearing a baby laugh is one of the most amazing things ever, especially when it's your child It's so cute and lovely and the fuzzy feeling inside. And, uh, you know, when the, the dawn course, I mean, fantastic when you can appreciate the sun coming up and the birds singing and the Bears uh, booing, Bears fans booing their own team. I mean, it's just amazing. It's right up there with uh, most of those things. The thing is, is the offense is not that bad because the Bears' defense was that good and our defense is was fantastic. But maybe we're not always going to get that purchase because... You know the the Bears' offense as well could not really get um, stuff going. Did you feel, Pete, that this Bears' offense was as terrible, or was it like? How do you see that sort of scenario in your head?
0: No, I I, I think you've got that exact, exactly spot on, and I I tend to be a person anyway that's you know things aren't generally quite as good as they look, nor are they generally quite as bad as they look. Yeah, and so and and so I think that you're absolutely right. You know the the offense is up against one of the better defences in the league, if not the best defense in the league, certainly top, you know, top five, probably top three. Um, So you would expect that, you know, next week and the following weeks, the offense is going to be more productive. And and conversely, I think the defense was up against one of the less explosive offenses in the league. I would, I, I, I would suggest. So, Again, you know, we don't we don't need to be getting carried away with with the defensive performance, but let's not belittle it. Let's not belittle no. it either. You know, anytime no. you hold a any NFL team to to you know two hundred odd yards and and three points is a is a mighty fine performance.
1: Yeah, and I mean with the way our offense was going to and with the amount of snaps that our defense was playing. You know, what What you're looking at here is you're looking at a defense that traditionally would have been gassed. And as well as that, like Mitch Trubisky, as much as he struggled, this is his, uh, you know, second rodeo into this offense. And he should really be knuckling down. Um, but, you know, we got to him five times, you know, five sacks. But look at his weapons. David Montgomery, he's a really promising. He's a good receiver, too. He actually had yeah, the same is, yeah. long. Uh, and now I know you were high on him with the draft as well. I mean, this yeah. is one of the guys that you pointed out. Um, yeah. And rightly so. You know, one reception for 27 yards, which was Alan Robinson's long as well. Um, You know, so Dave Montgomery's good. Uh, Cordero Patterson is super dangerous, although he didn't get up to much uh, really on the night. Taylor Gabriel um, as well. So, I mean, they they have weapons there that we did nullify. But one thing that I will point out, and not to sort of, you know, troll not to sort of put offense and defense by the wayside. Peter, how fantastic was J.K. Scott on the night?
0: <laughs> that was a Ray Guy type type performance and that that really did take us back to the to the days of Ray Guider Raiders in the in the 70s and 80s yeah, yeah but, but both in both in terms of obviously the um, the gross average which was up near 50, 50 yards a punt but the fact that he kept pinning them back you know mm. inside the 20 inside the 15 in or you know at the 10 or 5 yard line yeah Um. you know and that pr- 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 probably you know was as close to an MVP performance by a punter as you're, as you're likely to see. Yeah. And, and, and I think that's the key to the, to the, you know, the yardage totals. Cause, cause the bears were able to put together one or two plays per drive, but kind of got them out from the shadow of their own goalposts. You talk about Montgomery and, and, and Robertson making a few plays, but what they were never able to do was sustain a drive. Yeah. Um, and, you know, if you look at the the, the the pass rush pressure that the Packers put on play after play after play, um, you know, something like, without finding my notes, something like 19 quarterback pressures they had in 40-odd dropbacks. Nice. So, so I think that that, you know, the punting performance, pinning them back there meant that even though they had the occasional big play or the occasional, you know, first down, it was never enough to get them into scoring position. So... You know, J.K. Scott would be as close to an MVP performance by a punter as you're ever likely to see, I think.
1: Yeah, and uh, like, again... I know we sort of take the we out of um, special teams and sort of go oh oh, it's the most exciting thing Uh, it's the most controversial thing in the off season but J.K. Scott this just goes to show right if you can put together and you said it as well and I I think it was Ken um, on the Twitter box uh, went and raised it the fact that you said that we had to take our opportunities when they had them one of those was the Adrian Amos thing to end the game the interception to end the game absolutely but this comes down to J.K. Scott I mean we did see last season and it didn't happen a whole lot and not to sort of like take a glowing performance and then tried dump all over but uh, you know he shanked a couple um that came off and the, the, i think there was yeah. i just have one in my head i don't know the game i don't know the circumstance or anything i just know there was one and it was kind of like he's been doing so well but one of them came off the side of the boot which is fine i mean you know that happens especially under pressure and all the rest last season and i was like oh well we, we kind of needed to go that that to go our way but just just shows you i mean the packers struggles over the last number of years has come down to a misfiring offense receivers not getting open and poor special teams special teams penalties which I don't know if you've ever uh, did you know that Pete did you know that we had special teams penalties I'm not sure if you zeroed in on that at all last <laughs> season um, or seven times game.
0: I must admit no I must have missed that one Steve
1: <laughs> yeah you must have missed it I'll go back through your Twitter and just see you might have mentioned <laughs> it one or twice uh, an absolute anyone who's listened to the podcast or follows Peter at it Hedgehog on Twitter will know that's an absolute bugbear of yours but I mean the other one was is that is it was field position because it just seemed like we couldn't get anything going the last couple of seasons and then we were pinned back how we pinned back the Bears it is a massive problem and as well as that when you sort of get out to somewhat of a lead and then you cause the Bears to have to try pass the ball or they don't have time and they're you know they're trying to run the thing out and then it's sort of notching down the clock and adds stress on to but then you're just stressing the offense in so many different ways um, and I just thought J.K. Scott was absolutely fantastic. As well as that, the dude can definitely do the splitsies standing up. That whole thing where he doesn't take <laughs> his foot off the ground. I know we knew it, um, but definitely I'm going to get that, put it on part of my saver, and all the rest. I actually tore my hamstring looking at him kick the ball, which is um, a bit of a bad thing. Um, so I guess let's talk about offense here. How many times did we see Aaron Rodgers... Have a guy and then throw the ball into the dirt. I mean, that seems to be kind of a recurring theme. Not to dump all over a Rod because we all know he's, uh, you know, infallible. But I found that, and I have sort of written in my notes like, you know, what he tends to do is he's sort of throwing the the ball into people's feet for an awful lot of times. Pete, is this a problem that he doesn't uh, play preseason, or what do you think's going on here uh, with a Rod at the start of seasons lately?
0: I, th- I think I. I've always felt that the preseason thing is, is, is an issue. Yeah. Um, with, I keep harping back to the good old days as it were, (laughs) he says in inverted commas, but you know, even in the days of, of, of Brett Favre, you know, that Favre would play probably three of the four preseason games. Yeah. Um, yeah, it would probably be only a quarter or a couple of series maybe. And then in the third one, he might play the best part of a half, but he would typically always play in three of those four. And, I, I personally think it's a problem, and I and I I know it's about finding the balance, you know. And any head coach is, you know, he's going to put up with a heck of a lot if if they had Rogers in there in the preseason game when he got injured. Oh yeah. On a play that on a play that didn't matter. So you, so you almost can't win with that one. But I I I I do think it's an issue, and and I think it's not just for the quarterback. I think it's a whole timing issue on the on the offense. I don't know what this deal is with these, you know, the typically the quick, the quick outs or the quick throws into the flat that seem to end up, you know, hitting MVS on the foot. Um, I I don't I don't know it. I don't know whether that's a just purely a timing thing, whether that's a mechanics thing, whether that's a practice thing. I don't know what that is, but it's not the first time we've seen it.
1: No. And again, like not to sort of bring in the the negativity and say, "Oh Jesus, what's going on?" Now, what I will say is, is and this is where we really don't know where we're going to get with the man floor offense, is that he has um, some sexy things at his disposal, you know, play wise and. You know, all of these stuff that we've already talked about, ad nauseum now, you know, the, the bunch formation rubber out stuff, uh, the two tight end sets, the fact of he wants to marry the pass on the run. But McCarthy was saying the same stuff. And, uh, you know, the best plans go to waste when you come up against a situation like the Bears defense. So they want to do the run and, and keep the Bears honest. But when you can't get a run game, we average three uh, yards per per ten, or per carry on the night uh, from Aaron Jones, Aaron Rodgers being the second um, leading rusher on the night. So the fact is you can't keep your defence honest if they just keep blowing up your backfield. So although you might want to run the ball more and during the halftime, um, you know, where the, the reporters get on and do their little vox pop thing, and Matt Lafleur was saying, we just need to run the ball better. We need to just keep trying to to hit the run. What I find is, and what Matt Lafleur will uh, soon find out being head coach, is that you might want to run the ball more, and that might be in your game plan. But it just is simply not working. And we literally had you know, a really quick progressional play of hitting MVS with that long pass and then smacking Jimmy Graham with the ball in that bread basket um, yeah. in the end zone and then we kind of fell off again into, into oblivion.
0: And that was pretty much the only drive they put together all night. Yeah. H- hence why they ended up with 10 points. You know, it was, um, you know, Packers had just over 200 yards of offense and the best part of 80 of them came on that one on that one drive. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I'll be honest, I was quite discouraged by what i saw offensively yeah um but but i keep going back to what we talked about at the beginning of this pod and i keep having to remind myself of that that all of those things about a new offense etc cetera, etc cetera, need to temper my discouragement
1: yeah
0: by just remem by just remembering those things and and remembering what we talked about last last week is actually we figured that for the first few games the offense was going to struggle somewhat you know and it. The offensive line had a poor game. You know, there's, there's, there can be no two ways about it. For me, you know, L- Lane Taylor, I think, spent more time in in, in the Packers' backfield than he did getting <laughs> up the field.
1: Yeah. Um, I thought he was a running back at one stage. <laughs>
0: well, and it almost start. You know, it started, I think, from the very first play of the of the game, and and you know, there were numerous penalties accepted and. And a couple declined on the on the offensive line. And even Bakhtiari had two holding penalties, and you know, Belaga had a holding penalty, which I think was declined, but it was still a hold. Yeah. Taylor had one, and it, it was, you know, the, the offensive line play was um, not the best not the best that we've seen. But again, it's one of those positions where you've got five guys working together, so you hope. The more reps that they get, that it will get stronger as the season as the season goes goes on. If it doesn't, you know, you have to think that it won't be long before Elton Jenkins is in there at left guard.
1: Yeah, I mean, really fighting for his job. But what I would say is, is, I mean, this this type of offense as well puts an awful lot of stress on the O line in the sense that if he's trying to be consistent with the run, um, you know, you you find that. I don't know it's just it's asking a lot of the O-line I would imagine especially up against this Bears defence where you know they'll absolutely bury you um, which they did because the only thing I kept writing in my notes time and time again was dear God the Bears defence looks fierce they were swarming yep. everywhere and there was that funny video that came out of Devontae Adams counting the Bears players that were trying to defend them and there was a three. <laughs> you know and it just seemed like it, 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 it happens in football sometimes too not American football soccer I should say really um, is that you know, you get some of these teams and when they're lively and they're on their game, it almost feels like they have an extra two or three players on the field because they tend to be everywhere at every time. Um, and that's kind of what we saw here. A big test for the Packers will be the Minnesota game um, because they're after handing uh, the Atlanta Falcons their bum uh, back yeah. to them here. They're after beating them 28 to 12. So, I mean, yeah. this is the next test, Peter. Um, really is when they come up against another team that has Adam Thielen and Kirk Cousins, who gets an awful lot of slack, and it seemed like he had a down year for the amount of money that was that he was paid and all the rest. But he can still, I find, consistently find his receiving targets if they're open.
0: No, I, I, I absolutely, I absolutely agree. I mean, I, I think we're encouraged by our defense, though. I think that you know, there's, there's, there appears to be good players all, all, all over the field. You know the the one hole that we kind of lots of people were identifying before the season started was inside linebacker, Yeah. where you had Blake Martinez and a bunch of guys, if you if you like. But what's it what's interesting is that none of the other inside linebackers even got on the field on defense.
1: Yeah, it's amazing. So,
0: isn't it? so 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 Burks obviously was was inactive with his injury, and 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 Ty Summers never played never played a single down on defense. So yeah, you know they were in that five or six defensive back um, formation nearly the, nearly the whole game with Raven Green kind of playing that third safety stroke nickel linebacker, if you, if you like.
1: Yeah, exactly. Um,
0: yeah. But, you know, so I think that, I think, I think you know, lots of encouraging signs with, with the defence. And, th- and I think, you know, there appears to be, you know, a bit of depth, certainly in the, in the defensive backfield as well you know um Kevin King didn't even start although he played the majority of the pl- the plays so you've got three or four mm. good corners you know Williams and Alexander and King and then Tony Brown Brown gave up a couple of penalties on special teams yeah but 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 actually played a good game other other than that um so yeah I'm I'm quite encouraged and I think they'll play strongly against against the Vikings as well um I'm more concerned on the other side of the ball with the Vikings also have a strong defense and, you know, how our offense matches up against that.
1: Yeah, but I mean, it's encouraging too that there's a there's a game put down on tape now. So at least we have something to go by when we go in and meet the Vikings. So hopefully LeFleur uh, can generate the, you know, the brain trust there. But I saw King tackle a guy and something fell off one of the players. I was like, oh a bit has fell off a player so I was kind of thinking <laughs> what was that um, and someone put out and tagged King in it to say that he hit this guy so hard I can't even remember the player now uh, King hit him so hard that his mouthpiece fell out but it was actually King's mouthpiece and it fell out of his helmet so I was thinking <laughs> look if King doesn't sort of you know pick up sort of a nasty injury his smacking people into the turf, lifting people up and slamming them into the ground, wrestler style. It's an absolutely fantastic sign and um, because we do want to see King and Jair Alexander on the field as much as we can. Um, but yeah, I mean, you know, you look at the defensive numbers from Rob demosky he's talking about uh, Amos, Savage, Martinez, um, Alexander, uh, Preston Smith, you know, they're all playing pretty much 100% or close to 100% yeah. of all snaps. So again, they're out there, they're getting a heavy workload um, and they're doing really, really well there as well so look defense wins championships lads we finally have a defense and rogers came out after that and said uh, with a lot of humility didn't he, that he let people down and he gave matt lafleur um the the ball as well peter there seems to be from that video which is hilarious because i thought i was seeing things uh, when they showed the matt lafleur video in the locker room that i kept skipping i was like holy god i think there's something wrong with me but I think they were, uh, you know, Xing off the and um, editing out the swear words, which was amazing. <laughs> um, but do you see something different in this team? I mean, do you see or can we even read into it all? Is it silly? Because I know I'm the body language expert here at UK Packers HQ. Uh, but the way that they're interacting as a team and the way they're giving match balls and Aaron Rodgers is taking the blame and he's smiling about the defense and everything else. Do you feel that there's kind of a bit of momentum now in this locker room, and that what Gudekunst was doing all along by getting Ha Clinton Dix out, um, we've seen Demarius Randall get shipped out um, as well. So any player that's sort of seen as a locker room nuisance is gone. Is it working?
0: Well, I think it's encouraging. I think it's encouraging. I think all of those scenes that we've, the scenes that we've seen, are are, are, uh, <laughs> uh, are, are absolutely absolutely encouraging. I'm, I mean, I think that. Clearly winning breeds that mm. you know if 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 they'd ended up by losing that game thirteen ten or something then we'd probably feeling be feeling completely different about it um, so I think that if if they can come away with a, with another solid performance this coming weekend or next weekend I guess um, against the vikings and and another win, then I think you just kind of see that start to start to roll but but, yeah, it's, encourage- it's It's certainly it's certainly encouraging.
1: And we're going to be watching that game in Manchester. So, again, we're going to the Brotherhood in Manchester. You can pick up tickets for a Fiverr. The Fiverr gets you a welcome drink, but feel free to rock up on the night. We have great numbers, so we're going to be doing a raffle for a signed jersey and maybe some signed picks and maybe a T-shirt um, on the night. So that's going to be um, amazing. And one thing I will say, and I'm glad that I
0: spotted it. Because... Those are not the signed Mitch Trubisky picks that you're getting... Yeah, it there, it's him?
1: it's the one that he had with the cup that said Green Bay Packer fans tears um in the <laughs> in the cup. You know we got him to sign that. No, I wish Jesus that'd be a collector that would be a collector's item. Um, but yeah, um, it's gonna be a great night. There's there's over between forty and fifty people now going, so there's gonna be a good old shindig going on. But what I will say is, and this is this is the thing, every year it happens. Every year it happens at some stage, usually the first two games of the season, a college player comes in, and even though. They've been put through the rigmarole um, of training camps and OTAs and mini camps and rookie mini camps and all this type of lark. Game tape. They do it all the time. Darnell Savage jumped over a guy
0: and Kevin King had to tap him down. I mean, lads. In, in, indeed. <laughs> you were thinking exactly the same thing as me when you saw that, weren't you?
1: Yeah, <laughs> I was. And I mean, I think it was actually Kevin King was guilty of that on multiple occasions and ha-ha, Clinton yep. Dix had to tap him down. I mean, come on. Hit the guy with your big toe. It's fine. Just make sure you slap him one. One of those things, Pete. One of those things. You
0: know, there's there's, there's a very famous film. It has got nothing to do with the Packers, but it always reminds me of this of Marcus Allen. You know, the great um, Raider, great running back. Yeah. And his in his rookie year makes a makes an unbelievable diving catch, and then just put puts the ball down. He's not touched. <laughs> puts the ball down. I think they're playing the Chargers or somebody, and the guy from the Chargers picks it up and takes it 60 yards for a touchdown or oh, some, some stupid thing
1: there you go I mean that should be on an informational video that they show with these players <laughs> to stop doing it but Savage had a good night I mean from all of the um, young players that you see in Pete be them like offense or defense who were you most encouraged by in this game or is it sort of early doors
0: it, it's early doors but Sa- you know Savage Sa- Savage Savage had a good game I thought Tony Brown had a had a good game yeah you know but barring a couple of the couple of penalties, but that but that but that stuff happens. Um, yeah, MVS were pleased with his you know with his long his long catch, but there wasn't too much to write home about. To be honest, on offense, Tonian came up with a catch, mm. um, but you know most of it's on the on the defensive side of the side of the ball. And I, yeah, yeah, Savage, Savage and Tony Brown, I guess the two young guys for me on on the defensive side of the ball
1: yeah Tremont Williams to me you mentioned that play earlier where he pushed him out that yeah. was great foresight because he puts the head down and really gives them a sort of uh, a nice shove out of bounds to to get the job done Jair Alexander I think again has looked fantastic very yep. strong uh, a lot of attitude on the field uh, very busy very handsy but I think the play of the game uh, well there's two really one that surprised me uh, Tremont Williams uh, going, uh, what player was it again that he sort of swung around by the neck out of bounds? It reminded me of the K Matches <laughs> yeah. caper. kid. Yeah. I was kind of thinking, come on, bro. I mean, you're in the game long enough for this now, but it's the Bears rivalry, so work away. Uh, the other one was, I think it was Raven Green, and it would have been a short touchdown, um, but he stuck his hand out yep. f- for like. It was inexplicable. There was no Almost reason for him looking. to do it, yep. wasn't it? Yep. And it sort of yep. tapped yep. off his hand. But I love his confidence after that by like wagging the finger like not this time, buddy. And I kinda of, like going, That's pretty cool on an accidental deflection.
0: <laughs> yeah, no, that was that was that was cool. Um I thought Trebon Williams actually had a good game and, and, and it's quite it's it's kind of got overtaken by those two stupid penalties, if you like, yeah. particularly the one where you were talking about and that that really was a you know, it was almost as though he was throwing Walter Payton out bounds. It was that kind of <laughs> Packers Bears rivalry thing. Yeah. Um Um but but actually aside from those, yeah. yeah. Tremont had a good had a good game for a guy, for a guy that's 72 years old.
1: 72, yeah. And he's 73rd yeah. birthday now in about two weeks. <laughs> um, so and I'd just like to say and a big shout out and again, I would be keeping my mouth absolutely, my trap would be shut if it went the opposite way. But all of the pundits out there who said that the Packers didn't stand a chance, that the Bears were the second coming of the 85 Bears. um, You know, you can absolutely Shut the front door because uh, you know we did a job on it. But Peter, I think <laughs> we sort of admitted it, though, right? We weren't overly confident <laughs> going into this game.
0: Uh. Well, speak for yourself, Steve. I am. Um, I, <laughs> I. I did not. I have to hold my hands up and say I, I did. I did not think the Packers would win. I, yeah. just, I just. I just didn't. And you know, and you, and you look at the sixteen game schedule, and it's quite possible a road game at the at the twelve. Let's face it, it's a team that finished twelve and four last year. That's quite possibly on paper before the season started, the toughest game on the schedule, yeah so no i i i did not ex- i did not expect them to win but i but I didn't expect the defense to play as strongly as as strongly as they did and and you know Amos. And and the two Smiths were obviously exceptional.
1: And to be extra positive, and I know we've kind of tried to put a dampener on it, but in the same way that the offense is, because the one thing I would prefer is solid defense, a struggling offense, because the offense can get hot a lot of teams that have won the Super Bowl, a.k.a. the Giants, um, ended up getting hot in the later end of the season. So they they limp on as long as you can sort of make your way into the postseason. Uh, God knows what can happen. And especially, and again, not to be that lazy journalist that I say put on the concrete boots and get into your local river, um, is that you've Aaron Rodgers. So... You know, they will cater things and he'll get more comfortable with the new system and everything else. So, you know, you have high hopes. But on the extra optimistic side, if that's the first game for the offense and they didn't do too well, you can only imagine that as the defense gels and gets some game time, playing time, gets a few hits on their body, that the defense will improve. And if this defense can improve than what we saw here, especially against sort of, you know, a more explosive offense that we might see next week in the Vikings. Peter, that stuff there has me uber excited
0: (laughs) if I may yeah no I I I I absolutely agree with you I mean it's great it's great to have a defense as Aaron as Aaron said and um and you're quite right you know you you feel like even if the offense isn't hot for a whole game that it has the capability to get hot at the right time Hmm. to just to put you know let's face it you've only got to put three or four drives together yeah and you've got 28 points, you know, and and so you could be a little bit all over the place, but just get hot like the Packers did for that one drive, which was enough to win the game. So I think that oh, I think it's very, very, very encouraging. I didn't expect to be sitting here now um, at, at 1-0. I really didn't. As smug as we are. We're undefeated, in fact. <laughs> We've got the same
1: record, almost, as the undefeated Dolphins team. Or, like you raised <laughs> it, the Lambo's team. What year was that, did you tell her? Right. So, so,
0: 1929. Yeah, the Packers' only undefeated team, until now. Yeah, there the, you go. The, the, the 2019 Packers joined the 1929 Packers as yeah. the two undefeated teams in Packers history. How about that?
1: I mean that's science that's fact and for a <laughs> while the Bears actually held the place for the uh, first overall pick now granted it was after one game and it was Friday and no one else had played but I mean you, you know it's a small mercy
0: thing. Uh, It's and that's fantastic and what makes that even more fantastic is they don't even have that pick because they traded it away in the Khalil Mack <laughs> <type>. <laughs> even <laughs> more worse uh, <laughs> amazing so there you go um, and what I do like as
1: well is, is that look we had a brief fleeting moment of offensive brilliance uh, and if you want to talk about the no-look pass, the, and I do want to mention that, right, because it, <laughs> it sort of comes out that, you know, Patrick Mahomes invented this. And I'm not being begrudging the guy, being an Irish begrudger, as we call him over here, um, you know, but this no-look pass stuff, and it worked out last season. He even passed uh, with his left hand when Von Miller was chasing him down, and he also passed while he was getting tackled to the ground, sort of a la Aaron Rodgers. Um, but Aaron Rodgers no look pass to MVS you know whatever it was 47 yards up the field was absolutely phenomenal and it's all gone to Patrick Mahomes head because he tried a no look pass uh, to an open guy in the end zone uh, today and it went way over the dude's head and the the commentator goes oh there's a no look pass should have looked. <laughs> <Just> that, like, <laughs> what a what a sensational burn! I mean, that's burn ointment that needs to be applied uh, to Patrick Mahomes' face. Um, but yeah, I just like the fact that whether that was sort of Aaron Rodgers going off script or whether that was the the play call at the time, uh, like we were told in the off season. There was a play Peter, that was able to rip the top off a defense. So, you know, he's likely to gouge his way and slalom his way uh, with running and play action passes and all the rest. But in any fleeting moment, this Packers, you know, like a sort of, you know, wild beast can turn around and just annihilate you uh, very, very quickly. So that's positive as well. So I think that's all we can really say. Well, certainly all I have to say um, about this game and we'll get a better idea of what the Packers are going to be like as the season progresses. How about you?
0: Oh abs- absolutely. That's just um, it's a very, very, very encouraging, very encouraging start. And let's hope that the, the defence plays just as strongly this this week against the Vikings, or week today, and then um, the offence plays a little little bit better and we'll be sitting here at two and yep oh.
1: Yeah. It's exciting stuff and it's good to be able to start off a of season one and zero and still have that hope and everything else and to see Mike Pettin smile and not be so scary is a fantastic sight. (laughs) So, um, what I will say to people as well is uh, stay tuned to the website because uh, Packer Peter at ITH, I'll give him a follow, uh, is going to be bringing some fantastic pieces and uh, we're going to have his usual power rankings as well. So dive on there and just make sure that you disagree vehemently on a weekly basis uh, with Peter uh, because you will find that you will probably be smacked upside the head with some nice stats <laughs> where Peter will come back and say, Well I picked them there for this reason and then you'll f- might feel a little bit silly. But the challenge is is to try uh you know banter back and have a bit of fun and have a bit of crack with it. The meetups, uh week two Manchester, that's uh really, really close now. As I've said earlier in the podcast, you know, there's gonna be giveaways and Packer fans there week three is cardiff week seven we're going over to see um us take on the oakland raiders um, without sans antonio brown who's since moved to the pats um and then after that we have birmingham glasgow and dublin and london and all of those have to be confirmed so do not book hotels or anything off the back of it because if cardiff is any indication that what the other meetups are going to be like it's going to be an absolute mayor and as well as that we have our 1919 raffle that we run and our August one is going to be out really, really soon because we're just banging outside March all over the place this month. And as well as that, honorable mention, every Saturday if you get up early you have kids or you're just really bored and into self uh, flagellation well then I am on Sunshine 106.8 FM with uh, Reggie Kerrigan and Ken Daugherty to talk all things NFL and if you prefer sort of an overall NFL mix of things um, I do discuss all NFL and I put in an ACA there as well if anyone wants to put a bit of money down and make sure that they pay their local bookies and never see their money ever again by all means take a punt (laughs) on that one Um, so yeah I guess that's all there is we do have to again I, I feel like i'm a salesman now i feel like i'm a car salesman now pete uh, we do have that shop as well and we put out a tweet today about the Nuola jerseys that you can buy uk packers ones um, and t-shirts and as the winter rolls in as well and those dark nights you have the beanie hats and the bobble hats um, and everything else there's cheese head shorts that you can get as well uh, packers shorts special uk packers ones with your membership number on and this is the last thing i'll say because people have already switched off at this stage and went on to their next podcast and um, but you can get your membership number on each piece. There were spoke pieces like specific to you. And what I will say to people is if your number is 1,252, you will not get 1,252 on your jersey. You will get just 52 with a little 1,2 inside the five, if that makes sense. So you will look like you have a Rashawn Gary uh, jersey and and everything else, right? So it doesn't look silly. That's all I'm saying. So, Peter, it's been a pleasure having you on, and uh, we'll be back. The two of us doing the quick snaps before the Minnesota game. Thank God, it's at an it's at a you know normal hour and not five a.m. um in the morning. And uh, it's a lot to look forward to.